Welcome to this episode of CDM Media's Solution Spotlight. I'm your host, J.D. Miller. We have a great podcast for you today. We're going to dive into governance in the cloud, complex solutions like ERP, SaaS and operations, and oh so much more. Today's podcast is brought to us by Infor. If you aren't familiar with Infor, Infor is the global leader in business cloud software specialized by industry. Infor develops complete solutions for its focus industries, including industrial manufacturing, distribution, healthcare, food and beverage, automotive, aerospace and defense, hospitality, and high tech. Infor's mission critical enterprise applications and services are designed to deliver sustainable operational advantages with security and faster time to value. Over 60,000 organizations in more than 175 countries rely on Infor's 17,500 employees to help them achieve their business goals. When we come back, we'll dive right in. Today, we're joined by Hakan Strombeck and Marcel Cox to dive into governance in the cloud and more. But before we start out, please tell us a bit about yourselves. Hakan, we'll start with you. So, Hakan Strombeck, I've been with him for now for three and a half years, uh, working as an industry strategist, uh, focusing primarily on distribution. Excellent. Marcel? Yeah, my name is Marcel Cox. I'm the industry strategist at Import for Food and Beverage, and I'm working more than 30 years in food and beverage manufacturing, helping companies with enterprise applications. Excellent. Expecting a great conversation today, and let's just dive right on in. Cloud is starting to be the new normal. Over the last couple of years, we've started to use cloud solutions in a number of areas, but maybe it's just in the few years we've started to do that for more complex solutions like ERP. So what are the experiences around that from your perspective, Hakan? Yeah, I mean, first you need to ask yourself whether you want to be on the cloud or in the cloud, because there is a big difference. So being on the cloud is more or less moving your existing solution, ERP or, or another solution, to uh, to a cloud infrastructure. and and actually run it the way you've always done with an on-prem solution. Being in the cloud, on the other hand, that's really utilizing all the advantages running a cloud solution, taking full leverage of the capabilities in the cloud. So I would say the first step is actually to decide whether you want to be on the cloud or in the cloud. So what you're saying is that you can't continue to run your systems as business as usual, Hakan? Yeah, you have a lot of opportunities. And since you are doing the move and you are doing the big investment uh, with the cloud solution, the full you get the full capacity out of it if you change the way you are working and really take the full advantages and all the capabilities. Because there are so many opportunities and so big potential running a cloud solution to the full extent and really utilizing utilizing the cloud. And I, I guess during the next coming couple of minutes, we will we'll actually get into some of those opportunities. Wonderful. So I understand that we need to change, but in what areas and in what way, Marcel? This is really a very good question. I, and it has to do a lot with, I think, governance within the organization and competence uh, that you have in the company as well. Um, and there are three different phases. So it's implementing the solution, then um, operating, yeah, using the solution, and last but not least, also innovation. Yeah. So 
when you are in the cloud on such a SaaS platform, you, know, you have the possibility to, yeah, to innovate. And that is really a thing to consider as a company. Let's go deeper into each step. To start with, what about the implementation? What's required, Marcel? Yeah, let's go a little bit deeper. And um, when you look at implementation, it's more about, um, let's say, adopting the capabilities that you get in the cloud as a service, which is quite different than what uh, companies did in the past. Because in the past, you had the possibility to, um, to customize or modify the complete application. And I think a lot of companies actually regretted that they uh, did that because uh, over time, uh, it made it more difficult for them to um, implement new capabilities. It slowed basically the business a little bit down. And now in the cloud, it's more about making use um, of the capabilities, the industry-specific capabilities that are available out of the box. Adoption versus implementation. What do you mean by that, Hakan? Yeah, I mean, Marcel covered some points of, of it already, but, but to continue, we talk usually about adopt as the first step. As Marcel said, it, it's more like changing the way of working because you need to adopt to the standard functionality, the rich standard functionality as we have in an industry-specific solution. So it's it's partly about change management and actually utilizing best practice processes and services. But then it's about adapt or actually configure. So you can, in the cloud solution as ours, you can change a lot of stuff to fit your purposes. You are still not changing the code. It's a question about actually configuring the way you're working with different elements. And then, so it's adopt, adapt, and then you can talk about extend. And there we find those unique things that you really want to do as your own organization. And you need to put them, you can say, outside the core solution to some degree, still supported, still working in the way you should expect. But it's not just like changing the code as you used to do in, in the uh, on-premise word and in the on-premise solution. And you should try actually to do as little as possible when it comes to extensions. You should just do the unique stuff where you re really could have business value outcomes because to modify as you did back in the days when you did implementations, to modify the standard processes, it doesn't bring you additional value. So adoption is much more about those different things. And we usually talk about 60, 30, 10, whether that is a good rule or not, but as much adoption as possible, some some configuration and then as little extensions as possible. Are there any more things to consider during this implement? Well, I, sorry, adoption phase. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to think and look at the complete application landscape yeah? because when you are implementing an ERP solution or other enterprise enterprise application in the cloud, you also have other. Uh, Application to applications to integrate with yeah, and systems like manufacturing systems. So it's really also about integrations um, uh, that you have to consider in here. And then extensions, of course. Yeah? So when you discover some, let's say, things that are unique for your company, and uh, you can uh, solve that uh, by implementing extensions. But that's different than modifying the core. Yeah? So 
the, the core solution in itself stays uh, standard as a cloud solution, um, but you can build uh, extensions on top of it. The second phase you were talking about, SaaS in operation, what's needed there, Marcel? Yeah, the thing is that um, it, the solution is always getting new uh, updates, uh, similar as what you um, do or have as a consumer when you're using a mobile phone is getting automatic updates. And the same is happening with the enterprise applications in the cloud. So you will have continuously new uh, innovations within uh, the software, basically. And you have to manage that as an organization, how you are basically benefiting from these new uh, features and functions in the software. And it's all about communication. So communication as software vendor in for to our customers. So that customers know what kind of new capabilities that are made available. Um, but you have to know that within your company, you have the specific application of these new capabilities. So we as Info can give you a lot of information, but at the same time, you have to make sure that, um, especially I think uh, your business is looking at these new uh, possibilities and think about what they can do with it um, to make the business better. Um, and that's really a big change. Yeah? So in the past, it was more like you did a big implementation or a big uh, migration project to a new version. And you maybe did that every two or maybe even five years. Um, and everybody was uh, basically looking at all the new possibilities. Uh, and then you had uh, pretty lengthy implementation projects, but now it's more a continuous thing of receiving new capabilities. And you have to organize it in your organization that you can make use of these new possibilities. I guess that testing is still an important area and, and now it'll be needed every single month, Akan? Yeah, of course, you need to think about the testing. We should provide a solution that is, you know, really high quality. So you should be sure that whatever we are delivering is working. The areas which are that are probably most important to test is where you have built extensions. Those primarily communicate with the core solution via APIs, and we don't change any API now and then by coincidence. So it's it's very long period in advance. We will actually communicate that this API will change. Still, however, since the extensions primarily are built by the customer or for the customer, by us or by someone else, that need to be carried out those kind of testing by the customer themselves. So I would say you could test a number of things, but primarily the most important things to, to try out is actually the... Uh, the extensions and the A to Z uh, scope of a process, which includes uh, uh, extension. That that's the most important thing. Are there any more things from a governance or uh, competence perspective to mention, Marcel? Yeah, again, communication because Info is communicating in a more generic way the new capabilities that are made available as a cloud service. But then uh, the the customer has to think about who to communicate what to you know uh, and it is more than only uh, working within the it departments uh, which you see let's say uh, with on-premise solutions where you have a big it staff running the applications i think uh, in the cloud it's more like uh, working with the business users uh, and you have to find a way to communicate the right things to the right business users and because the business users are the persons that really know uh, what they can do with the new capabilities to basically improve uh, their business. 
So that has to be organized. And uh, I would say typically IT departments are not uh, organized in a way that they uh, do change management and uh, communicate, let's say, uh, new capabilities to business users. Um, so this is really a thing that um, I think companies have to change. They have to think about how we can get the right information in the hands of the business users. I usually tend to uh, ask organizations whether they have a professional communicator within the IT department. And I, I usually get the answer no on that one, but it might be a good time actually to look into that because communication to the end users will be so critical for any cloud solution, I would say. Well, now that we've covered two of the three phases, does one really need to think about the third one, innovation, Hakan? Yeah, I mean, we are bringing, when we are delivering us our services, because it's not a product, it's a service. So since it's in the cloud, you got access to a number of different capabilities for innovation. And I mean, you can run the solution and stay at the operational level and, and you will benefit for all the, the innovations we are doing for the customer and deliver every month. However, you are leaving a lot of things on the table if you are not taking the full advantage of the uh, the capabilities we are bringing and and you don't to be honest you don't maximizing the return of investment in the investment you have done so so for that reason i think you really should look into that leaving things on the table what do you mean by that i, I want to get both your take on this we'll start with you akan yeah so just to mention a few of the capabilities we are bringing along is it's typical, you know, machine learning and AI, and, and probably Marcel can mention a few few of those cases. Uh, so I've, I've leave it over to him. Uh, but we also bring in capabilities for creating application by yourself. So we are talking about no code, low code, full code capabilities, creating add-on applications, and those could leave, live for a short period of time, or or be there for a longer period of time, those small applications. We are also talking about workflows, the, the ability to be, build workflows across not just our solutions, but A to Z for a process that might include a number of different applications on the customer side. So that is just to talk about a few of those things we're bringing. And maybe you can mention a few of the examples within the space of AI and machine learning, um, uh, Marcel. Yeah, and there is a big difference uh, with the past and uh, let's say on-premise solutions because in the cloud you have um, a lot of let's say services available uh, like machine learning, uh, which I think is extremely difficult to implement uh, on-premise because when you look at the complexity, the kind of let's say uh, software that you need to make it work, it's it's just too much and it and it will break every time when you receive um, an update or have to do an update uh, from one of the solutions in that complicated architecture. In the cloud, this is made available um, to everybody basically. And then it's uh, up to you as a company to decide uh, what you are doing with these new capabilities. And as an example, uh, we implemented machine learning uh, at the company that is maximizing yield. Uh, they look at about 30 uh, parameters that uh, determine basically the output of the process. And um, well, in the past, no human being uh, was able to analyze all that in real time uh, to adjust the manufacturing process with machine learning can do that. And 
when you look at the duration of such a project, it was just uh, three months. Uh, and when you look at the return on uh, investment, it's also only three months. You know, it's 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 paying for the complete, uh, let's say, uh, a cloud platform, yeah? just that one single innovation. So that's really um, very powerful. So it would be a shame not to do this. I want to stay with you, Marcel, and, and to be able to take advantage of all of this, what kind of competencies do organizations need? Yeah, you have to think as a company, what kind of skills do you want to have in-house and what kind of skills uh, can you uh, leverage from uh, all the vendors, as an example. And of course, uh, the cloud vendor is doing a lot. Eh? So we make sure that the uh, cloud platform solution is available and is running. And when you uh, sign uh, for, uh, for the solution, you will get a pre-configured solution, which already uh, works. Uh, but then, um, as a company, I think you are responsible to run your business in the best possible way. So um, it's important, I think, that you have the skills uh, to design business processes, as an example, um, and think about how what is the best way to work with data. Uh, so uh, I think uh, design thinking uh, is one of the skills I think yeah, is really important to have that within your organization. Um, and then you have to think about what kind of technical skills do you want? And uh, Harkon already mentioned uh, low code, no code, that kind of stuff. So typically business users can do that. Um, and then the question is, do you want to have, uh, let's say, programming skills uh, for um, yeah, basically the coding kind of things that are also possible? And well, I'm thinking maybe not. Uh, it depends on the size of the organization that you need that kind of skills. And data science, also very important. Yeah. Uh, Info has a fantastic team that can help you, um, but it can also be one of the things that you want to have in-house. It's quite obvious that there's quite a few things to consider when embarking on your cloud journey. Are there any remaining things you want to bring forward before we, we close this discussion, Hakan? Well, it's kind of summarize it. it it's start to think early about what will happen after go live because the life after go live is will be different so you need to start to think about it early and and not when you're going live because then you will have a kind of a hard time for a period of time and this kind of always current and you know the monthly upgrades you just need to realize it's it's a new way of thinking and working and you need to change and in what direction and to what degree, that's up to you as an organization, but to remain in the same kind of, of situation where, where you currently are, if you're running an on-prem solution, that is not where you will be. So, so you just realize that. And then, I mean, you need fully to understand in our case that we are not just bringing a traditional ERP, it's also a technology platform, which gives you a number of opportunities to innovate and to drive uniqueness and competitiveness. So how would you like to utilize that? And what kind of competences do you want to have internally in your organization? Or what kind of ecosystem do you need to have around your organization to utilize those kind of experts uh, to, to really make most out of the investment? So I would say those are the most important three things to be successful with, with the the life after go live to put it that way 
Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much, Hakan, Marcel. Thank you for the insights. I hope the listeners become a bit wiser and starting to think about their journey to the cloud. If you want any more information about Infor, go to Infor.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much.